Hello and welcome to Sales as Mental, a podcast promoting meaningful perspectives on mental health from people in the sales profession. In the second episode of Sales as Mental, I was joined by Nicole Bran, sales development team lead at Greenhouse. Nicole is a therapy advocate, specifically cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, and she unpacked the nature of dysfunctional thoughts and how to build a framework which can help combat them. A former SDR who has risen through the ranks into a management role, Nicole is all too familiar with the pressures of leaderboards, KPIs, and quota. She shared some great tips on how to keep them in perspective whilst finding the time for things you enjoy. Hi, Nicole. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Hey, James. I'm good. Thanks for asking and uh, thanks for having me here. Of course, absolutely. Well, I know you're someone who works in the sales world. Um, you've done the SDR thing. You became an enterprise SDR, um, and now you're a, a sales development team lead. But I'd love to know just a little bit about like, how did you get into sales? Was that the dream? Was that the plan? Or did you just kind of fall into it like I did? Yeah, I think like a lot of other sales professionals, I also fell into it, um, starting my career in 360 recruitment, working at an agency, um, which is a form of sales within itself. Um, so that's where I found my foundation and then, you know, started working on um, the SDR side in organizations and fell in love with the drive and the skills that you can develop in this kind of role. Definitely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think I was the same. Um, I found as someone who's pretty competitive, mainly with myself, which we can jump into in a little bit. But yeah, I found that it kind of scratched that itch of the competition that I was used to growing up and the kinds of things that I enjoyed. So I'm curious from your point of view, especially maybe to touch on the SDR side of things as well. Like, what are some of the things that you found getting into that that were really enjoyable? And then maybe what were some of the challenges, especially from the kind of mental aspect? Yeah, so I'm really process oriented. So mm -hmm. I loved having very clear outlined goals, um, being able to reach KPIs. That's something that I've always been able to exceed. If it's tangible and I understand what I'm supposed to do, I can achieve it. So Definitely. going along with that um, competitive side, um, it's definitely a place where I can really grow and, and stretch myself. And you uh -huh. can also see those outcomes um, pretty instantaneously in this role. And you're kind of responsible for your success. For sure. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I think the process element is so key to success and sales full stop to your point, like making sure that you've got a plan um, and then you're kind of attacking your plan every day. And that's something that, yeah, I think. I continue to try and refine. And I guess like to the second part of that question, like when things are a little bit tougher, because I think everyone who works in sales knows that it's not all like, you're not always crushing quota. You're not always closing deals if you're an AE or yeah, all of those different kind of metrics that you're measured on. So when you had those moments, which I'm sure as all of us have, where things aren't quite going to plan or that process, it's like, can I really trust this process? Um, how do you kind of navigate that and, and cope with that? Yeah, so I can definitely identify with those ebbs and flows. 
And it has taken me a lot of time, like years in this industry to be able to trust myself and trust the process that if I keep consistent, the results will come. I've been um, a week, a few days to the end of the month and not at quota and very much stressing. Um, But over time, it became to the point where I knew that the work I put in would output a certain amount. Um, But again, it, it did not happen overnight and it required a lot of work on my end. Yeah, definitely. That makes a ton of sense. I think, as you say, it's that important thing of like putting in that work and realizing like perspective is so powerful, like being able to take a step back. And I don't know about you, but as someone who's still relatively early on in their sales career, like getting that perspective can be really, really tough. So I'd be curious from the point of view of your day-to-day work, like, do you have some go-to people that you'll go to for that perspective to, to try and give you that zoomed out 10,000 foot view of, of everything versus being very much like in it and sometimes maybe feeling a little overwhelmed? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Having a strong support system at work is key. Mm-hmm. I am grateful to have an excellent manager that is helping me bounce ideas and constantly come up with different tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a really supportive team, even outside of work, you know, being able to work remotely right now and be able to take my dog for a walk, 10, 15 minutes, step away from what's actually happening, um, and work on those skills. Yeah, I love that. I definitely have a huge amount of envy for anyone with dogs. Like I'm a huge dog fan and I'm always like, maybe I just need like an emotional support dog for the days that work can feel tough. So that makes a lot of sense. And I know in preparation for our call um, and, and this conversation, we touched a little bit on like therapy. I'm a huge therapy advocate. It's something that I came to a little bit later in my life, but I feel so grateful that, that I've that I've done it. And I know for you, you mentioned like cognitive behavioral therapy and like CBT is something that you are like interested in, maybe you found beneficial. So maybe you could touch on like, what are the things maybe like, what is it? And and why do you find it helpful? Yeah, absolutely. So I had been in therapy for various reasons my my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fortunate enough to find an amazing therapist, shout out to Tiffany, um, <laughs> that I have worked with for the past four years in cognitive behavioral therapy. And from we used to meet weekly and we now have met bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. And so where I think this therapy has been the most effective and why I think, you know, salespeople benefit of it is it's a therapy that has homework that it's about reframing your thoughts and Mm. about repetition. Um, And so as salespeople, we follow processes and we repeat those. And Mm -hmm. so I was attracted to that in a a form of therapy. And it's something I'm able to actually do on my own at work and not have to rely on, on someone else during those times during the day when I'm struggling. Um, So something that I've found beneficial and taken away from therapy um, was doing a dysfunctional thought record, which Mm. you can go ahead and Google it online. There's various forms of them, but I would highly recommend anyone in any role to print it out and have it next to you because it helps you reframe your thoughts when you're in sales or when you're in any kind of job. Uh There's a lot of external pressures. Um, You have to get your quota. You have to hit your KPIs. You're having a bad week. You're having a lot of no's. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really hard. And and sometimes you get caught up in 
maybe I could have done something else. Maybe I should have done this. Oh, if only I didn't wait that long. Maybe I procrastinated. Maybe it was something I did, but taking this thought record helps you record the situation, what's happening, what your thoughts are, how it made you feel. And then also working through what other factors could have been a part of it. And it kind of helps you reframe that I did what I could and I put my best work forward and that's all I can do. And I could control the controllables. And with that, you know, there's other external factors that no matter how many times I reached out to this company, we just weren't in their budget. And it wasn't going to happen if I called them a day sooner or put time on their calendar in another time. So different things like that. Definitely. Yeah. I really appreciate you explaining that. And it's something that I'm a little bit aware of, but definitely don't have, like I've certainly journaled and worked within little frameworks. And I really like that, like idea of dysfunctional thoughts. And maybe could you just expand on like before people jump on Google, like what a dysfunctional thought is? Because I think that definition would be super helpful. Yeah. So a dysfunctional thought is any kind of thought that's negative towards yourself and really detracting from what the actual situation is. So kind of um, basically taking a situation and transforming it into something that it's actually not. Yeah, definitely. That's so helpful. And I think so relatable. Like it's something that I've really struggled with. And you touched on that idea of like, when those that kind of voice of creeping doubt or anxiety or depression is in your mind, it will start to tell you like, hey, you're not doing this, or you should have done that. I call it shoulding myself like I should have like, and that's, that gets in the way of not just stuff at work, but it can get in the way in life, right? Like, oh, you should have been to the gym today, or you didn't like you should have done this and that. And I think that's such a great call out because it's such an important thing to recognize that like, you aren't your thoughts and it is possible 100%. like to take that step back and realize like, Oh, I'm like, this is a pattern. And I think it sounds like within that framework, is that something that you were able to identify over time of like, Oh, I have this way of kind of, these are my thought patterns, but I can, to your point, like actively change them. Yeah. So we, as humans have automatic thoughts, that mm-hmm. jump in. And, you know, that comes from years of experience that we have. So it's kind of, you know, rewiring your brain, how to think about a situation. And I can say that I have rewired, like in a situation, I'm not going to should, should of myself. I'm going to think, oh, you know, I did everything I could. And I know I did that because of X, Y, and Z reason. So Definitely. you're able to reframe those should of thoughts. And we forget how powerful our thoughts can be. Massively so. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's, it's, that's the thing, right? Like as soon as you wake up, you're in whatever your thoughts are, whether it's what you've been dreaming about or that first thing that you think of when you wake up. Um, So yeah, I think that's an incredibly powerful way to think about it. Um, And is it something that now, because you do it so regularly, it becomes less like, do you still write everything down? Or is it to a point now where you kind of have that framework where it's like, oh, this thing is happening. I'm aware it's happening. So now I'm just going to apply that framework. Yeah. So I will say to both, um, if it's Mm -hmm. a really unfamiliar situation that I'm not used to navigating, then it is helpful to write 
write things down, but Definitely. I've done it and practice it for so many years now that yeah. my mind starts to actually bring in those other thoughts and those other scenarios. And it's my thoughts and those negative thoughts are becoming less automatic. And I think that's the biggest impact that it's had is it's kind of like cleared your mind and, and, um, brought more positive thoughts. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, it's so true. It's something I found incredibly helpful for me in, in therapy is beginning to realize that like initially, whether it's you're working with a therapist or you want to do what you said and go and Google some things that might help you. And there's so many great resources out there. Um, but I think it's that thing initially of like, wow, this homework feels really hard and nothing's changing. But I think the more you do it and the more you practice it, it's like habit, right? Like, you know, we brush our teeth every day, hopefully most people. Um, but the more you do it, it just becomes automatic. And I think that's the kind of incredible thing to me is that I start to realize, oh, I'm doing that thing. Or at least like it's that awareness of having a bit more control versus like, oh, I'm now like strapped in on this ride that I don't want to be on with a bunch of thoughts that aren't particularly healthy. So I appreciate that. I'd love to know from your perspective, especially as someone who's been an SDR and now transitioned kind of through the ranks for one of a better phrase into a team lead role. Like, are you able to introduce any of this from the point of view of the people that you're working with um, to kind of help them out? Because I think SDRdom is, it's hard, like being a BDR and SDR, like it's a lot of calls, as you say, those KPIs, but is that something that you've been able to kind of share and pass on and, and pay forward with your team? Oh, I think absolutely. And I am lucky to work at a place that has so many mental health resources mm -hmm. and a very supportive environment. So it's being able to have those open conversations about mental health and about how, you know, stressful sales can be and the toll it can take and have an understanding from that um, mental health side of different strategies that you can work with. And again, for everyone, the same strategies aren't going to work just as you would same prospecting style, same messaging isn't going to work for everyone, yeah. but it's about, um, definitely trying different ways and, and methods to improve upon that in the sales world. For sure. That makes a lot of sense. And to your point, I think it's such an important one is finding what works for you, because exactly. I think it's like those things I found like, when I can kind of get my mind in the place where it's helpful, I find meditation great, for example, but that can be really tough. Like sometimes you don't feel it. And I think part of the exercise of it is it's less about like having an empty head, but more just being aware, like there's a thought and then it passes, like they just kind of come in and out. But I love that. That's so, so, so important. And is it something that um, in your career, like, have you seen a change in terms of the way that mental health has been approached? Because I think I used to work in teaching. And when I first started it out, it was a conversation. And even my school experience to what I saw when I left teaching, I was like, wow, this has been a huge jump. And is that something that you've experienced maybe in your own life from, I don't know, school to college and into the working world? Like, how do you feel yeah. that's changed? 
massively. And honestly, as we're living in this um, post COVID era, I Mm. will say that I do think the pandemic made a really large impact on how we think about mental health in the workspace. People weren't coming into the office, people were working at home. And um, it actually really required us to take a step back and to think about the health of our employees. And I do think that was one of the biggest changes over the last you know, five years, um, and taking, I've seen mental health conversations all over spike because of the pandemic. I mean, it's unfortunate that that had to happen that way, but we have great companies out there that are working really, really hard to make this a standard, um, through every organization. But I do think it's lost in how much pressure there can be in sales. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, your, your career. And it seems like at the time, like, you know, your ability to make money depends on your ability to hit quota. Um, and it can feel really, really stressful. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's such a great call out. And to your point, I think the pandemic, obviously no one would have chosen it, but the fact that it does push us to think more about like, what, what is a work-life balance? How do we strike that? What does that look like when, People are going from their beds to their desks and their commute is now, you know, a few steps versus maybe half an hour, an hour in a car or a train or a bus, whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think that's a a really meaningful thing to think about. Um, And I'm curious from your side as well within your team um, and maybe how you approach the way that you lead. I think Zoom is great, but it doesn't offer that quite the same like connection will you approach those with like certain questions in mind or like what's your kind of approach if you want to kind of check in with a colleague or a friend from a, from a mental health perspective? Yeah, I definitely understand that it's hard. And and while we all work pretty remote um, right now, but it's definitely, you know, there's features like you can do Slack calls, um, Mm -hmm. Zoom calls, definitely taking the time out to have those conversations um, with your colleagues, or maybe it's, it's sending a $5 like Starbucks gift card that, Hey, I'm thinking of you today. Hey, I hope your, your day is going well. Um, Definitely just thinking and being cognizant, checking in on your teammates, making sure you're understanding, you know, what's going on in their lives and as well as, you know, work and also working together to help them and and navigate their mental health while maintaining their KPIs and and quota. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's such a good call out. And especially with the KPIs, the quota, that sense of like those metrics sometimes can be an indicator of something going on, right? Now, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to dive into that conversation because there's so many complexities to KPIs and quotas. And I know a lot of strong feelings around them, but to your point, I really like that idea of being proactive versus reactive. So rather than like waiting till someone's struggling, um, cause I think it's something I found is like when I've been struggling, that tends to be like in the past, I would be like, oh, I'm having a hard time. I'm just going to like bottle this up. And eventually it's got to go somewhere. Like eventually that cork is going to kind of come off the bottle. It's going to burst. And I feel like now I'm starting to have a, a more of an awareness of, oh, okay, like maybe I need to be mindful of this. And the other thing that I wanted to ask you about um, before we wrap things up was in terms of those kind of highs and lows, I think like sales can be incredible when things are going great and really, really hard when it's not going as great. But how do you and in your career manage those things and, and manage the ups and downs in, in a way that helps you? 
Yeah, I can say um, it's really hard being able to look at the leaderboards and being like, wow, I am not sitting on top or I'm currently mm-hmm. on the bottom of my team. And how do mm-hmm. you remotivate yourself when you get there? Because there have been times where I have been on the bottom at the beginning of the month, but I've been able to come back and, and hit my quota, if not exceed it. Mm-hmm. I definitely think having a strong mindset is key, but I've mm-hmm. also been the person like, okay, thanks. Mindset isn't everything here. That's not going to get me there. And it's not what yeah. you need to hear in the moment. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think there's a combination between recognizing how someone's feeling, but also strategizing in the workplace, whether it be with a colleague, with a manager, um, like you said, being proactive, reach out to those top performers, see what they're doing. Um, and then also on top of that, set some miniature goals for yourself that you're able to achieve. And then ultimately at the end of the day, what I share with my team is look, you've done the best you can. If you can go to bed tonight thinking, I did everything I could to get a meeting today or to book um, that organization and close a deal, then you can feel good because ultimately you're only human. You can only do so much. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important, as you say. And it was one of those things like my mom was incredibly good when I was growing up and like your best is good enough, like whatever you can bring and whatever your best looks like. And I think that ties back into what we were saying about kind of the shoulds and how you should be doing this and that, but actually recognizing that your best some days may be a 40%. Like no one is perfect. No one is a a hundred percent capacity at all times, especially in a position like yours, where you also have people that you're leading. So you have responsibility within a company. You're also helping others out and, and trying to steer them towards success. And I think that's so important to recognize that, Hey, like today, if my best is, isn't quite where I want it to be, usually that's okay. But letting go of it is, is a really powerful and important thing to do. Yeah, I definitely think that's a really important point you touched on because the worst thing you can do is bring that energy from the day before of Mm. feeling like I got rejected five times. I'm just going to come in and get rejected again. Like what's the use? Um, So it's definitely important to do something that you enjoy at night. My partner and I enjoy doing cooking classes. We Mm -hmm. our dog go out to dinner. Um, You have a huge life outside of work and that can also motivate you and having conversations can inspire you. So making sure you're taking time out to do those things as well. Definitely. Yeah. It's so important to find that balance. And as you say, recognize that outside the virtual four walls that we all exist in in a remote world and out of the the chat applications and CRMs that, yeah, there's so much more to life and that unplugging and recharging is so important. And yeah, I think I love that, like whether it's cooking or walking your dog, like having those things that you can enjoy and recognizing that that can be just as helpful. And I think it's very easy in sales to just work and work and work and work and work, and then you'll burn out. And then you're not going to be operating. And maybe in the short term, it might pay off. Maybe it might help you towards the end of like, we're coming up on the end of a quarter. But how is that going to stand you in good stead in a month's time, two months time, six months time, when if you maintain that, it's unsustainable. Like at some point, you're going to run out of steam. You're not going to have that energy. 
Yeah, absolutely. It can definitely weigh on you. Um, but consistency is key. So maintaining what you can do versus what you can't do. So finding a good balance. Definitely. Yeah. Controlling what you can control and letting go of what you can't. It's, I feel like that's just an important life lesson. Um, <laughs> Much so, easier said than done. <laughs> for sure. That's it. Right. And I think that's the other thing that I'm really cognizant in any of these conversations I'm having is to reiterate to anyone listening that it isn't perfect. Like no one is perfect. No one has this figured out. Um, it sounds like you've got a lot figured out, but I'm sure there's days where you feel like you don't and I'm the same and, and that's okay. And normalizing that feels just as important as celebrating the days where you do have it together and stuff does feel like it's kind of ticking over. Oh, I absolutely still get on the phone with my manager and I'm like, oh my gosh, I messed up. Like yeah. I, it happens to me all the time, like way more than I would want to admit. And that yeah. people feel like that's something else is that what you see is not always what's happening underneath the surface. So don't always think the grass is greener on the other side, because trust me, it may all look great, but there's other stuff going on. <laughs> For sure. That makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, I agree completely. Exactly. And that's the thing, right? Is like, we're all the kind of main characters in our own stories, but we have to yeah. recognize that the way that people are perceiving us or what they're seeing is different. And all of that plays into it. Um, just in wrapping up here, Nicole, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. Um, obviously, the title of the podcast is Sales is Mental. And I'm curious what that means to you. Like, what are the, the kind of mental aspects of sales or, or maybe some advice that you'd have for people um, in regards to, yeah, sales? I think my best advice in regards to sales is again, to make sure you're doing what you think is the best work that you can do um, mm -hmm. possible. And then if you're just starting out in sales, it takes six months for you to get used to this role and the business. And so give yourself a break. You don't need to be perfect right when you start the role and you'll be far from perfect by the time you transition into a new role. I think for those that are in this role and maybe kind of grappling with, is this for me? Can I handle handle this. Um, definitely take the time to reflect on your day-to-day -day and if you can be consistent and feel free to leverage your resources at your company and reach out for help and, and be a bit proactive in this process. But just remember that if you miss quota and if you don't get an off or, or, or book um, an account, then you know the world isn't going to end for that one month. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so important. That perspective is so key. And as you say, there's so much to adapt to in the world of sales. There's so much going on. And, and I think you've touched perfectly on that idea of like taking a step back, thinking about how you can approach that, whether it's through, um, yeah, that framework that you talked about and being mindful of your dysfunctional thoughts or yeah, just escaping work for a little bit and walking the dog or getting out with a friend or a family member, a significant other. So I so appreciate you taking this time. I really enjoyed our conversation. I think it will be really valuable for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And it's um, great to be a resource to um, others in sales. I really enjoyed my conversation with Nicole. And as ever, if you feel like this episode might benefit a colleague, a friend, a family member, please do go ahead and share it with them. Thanks so much for listening.